Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace. Specifically, I want to welcome everyone to the summer party. What is up, right? My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. And as always, we're so excited that you're here, truly overjoyed that you have decided to come. Right now, we're in a series called The Party. And so this week, I decided to take a trip down memory lane and think about some of the great parties that I have partaken in myself. Looking way, way back, I thought about one of my earliest birthday parties, the year I got the greatest cake of all time, the Cincinnati Bengals cake. As soon as I saw it, I started praying, every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. I can't believe it. You could take me now, Jesus. And so anyways, that was a party. I also thought about the 4th of July and one of the parties that my parents threw uh, at their lake place. I think we had a lake place for like two years or three years. And one of those years, my, my folks had a party. So we had all our cousins there, aunts and uncles. And I will never forget it. I think I was six years old. One of my older cousins accidentally dropped his punk, his lighter, into this giant bag of fireworks. Let's just say in the moment, it was awesome. I thought I was going to meet Jesus right there and then. I'm like, Jesus, you're taking me, right? But it was awesome. So I thought about that. I also thought about parties in college, some of the greatest parties ever. And uh, with one group of my friends, as the highlight of the night, one of my buddies, uh, and, and he was sober, by the way, I, which I think makes this even worse. But as the highlight of the night, he would strap on a pair of skis, and he would ski off the roof of his house, which was bizarre and fantastic in the same moment. So I thought about that. Fast forward to one of the greatest days of my life. The day I got married, I'll never forget about the party that took place after the wedding. If you know what I'm saying, hashtag boom shakalaka. Actually, actually, I'm kidding. After the, after the wedding, there was a dance. And I just remember that night as a family with friends being one of the single greatest days of my life. It was just awesome, just an awesome celebration uh, of our wedding and just everything. It was awesome. And honestly, when I look back at my life, it's kind of crazy. When I look back at my life, some of my greatest memories involve a party of some kind. Isn't that wild? I look back at my life, some of the greatest moments involve a party. And so again, right now we're in a series called the party. And to continue on for today, I'm going to have us open up to the book of Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. So if you have a Bible at all of our campuses, we'd encourage you to open it up. If you don't have a Bible, no worries. If you have a Bible on your phone, pull it out right now. If you don't have a Bible on your phone, download the YouVersion Bible app. Get it on your phone. Also at all of our campuses, we have brand new Bibles. They're awesome. Stop by, grab them. They're free. You don't have to give us your email address. No weird conversations. Just grab one and go. Now, I just got to say, though, about this story, this story is one of my all-time personal favorite stories. It's also the story that our church embraces, built off of. It's where we got our name from. And this story, it really sums up the heart of what Embrace is, like who we are as a church. Honestly, today, the summer party, if you're wondering what Embrace is all about, you're experiencing it right now. But again, looking at the story for today, we're told that Jesus is sitting and he's eating with a bunch of tax collectors and notorious sinners. And when he does, we're told that all the religious people, all the churchy people begin to complain. Why? Because they cannot believe that Jesus is hanging out with these people. And yet in response to their complaining, what does Jesus do? Jesus begins to share a few stories with them. He begins to share a few stories, three different stories, to better explain the heart of God. And one of those stories that he shares is about a certain man who had 
two sons. And so looking at these two sons, Jesus says that at one point, the younger of his sons, he comes to his father and he asks for his inheritance. Now get this, at this time, this was only something that happened. Like this only took place once your dad had died. And so basically the son is saying, dad, I'd rather have my inheritance. I'd rather have my money than have you Alive. I mean, this was an outrageous, appalling request. The dad would have been embarrassed. The neighbors and the whole town would have been talking. Dad would have been heartbroken. But instead of beating this kid, we're told that the dad fulfills his son's request. He divides up his estate and he gives it to his kid. And when the kid gets his share, we're told that he gathers up his things and that he moves to a far off distant land. It's like he packs up and he moves to Vegas or something. No, but seriously though. So this is the first son, right? And he leaves his dad. Why? Because he thinks he can find a better life on his own. I mean, the son, he wants freedom and he wants to be in control. And again, he thinks he can find a better life all by himself. It's like, dad, this has been really, really good. I'm so grateful, dad, but I think I'm going to do my own thing. I think I'm going to go my own way. Dad, I want to respect you, but this is my life, and so I kind of want to call all my shots. Dad, I don't want to say that I know better than you do, but I kind of do. And I'm just looking for a better life and a different life than the one that I have with you. And so again, he packs up his things, and he moves to this land far away. Now, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's me, but when it comes to us and God, doesn't this so often seem to be the story of our lives? I mean, when it comes to us and the Lord, doesn't this sound a little familiar? And honestly, today, this is maybe, maybe, just maybe, right where you're at right now. I mean, maybe this is you. I mean, so often it's like, God, you're great and all, but I'm doing well without you, and this is my life, and I know I shouldn't be doing this, and I probably shouldn't be doing that, and it's probably not good, to, for, good for me, but, but just kind of note to you, God, I'm an adult now, so don't worry, I'll be fine. And God, I know you're old school, and so let me enlighten you a little bit. God, I know you're kind of in your old ways, and I don't know if you've seen my degrees, I don't know if you've seen my promotions, so let me tell you a thing or two about life. I mean, I'll pray when I think about it, And I'll maybe go to church every so often, and I'm going to kind of let my kids decide if they want to be religious or not, because I just have to do what's right for me. I I just got to do what I need to do. And so basically, God, I guess you're welcome to be a part of my life, but once more, this is really my life, and so I kind of just hope you can respect it. I just kind of hope you can kind of pack off a little bit, Dad. Again, today, maybe this is you. So once more, this is the first son, and then the second son we meet a little later on in the story. And you see that the younger brother ends up returning home, and the older brother is upset with how his dad welcomes him back. The older brother is upset that his dad takes his little brother back in, and how the dad celebrates his return. And in verse 28, listen to what we're told. It says, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Again, the the second son is upset. Why? Because as he puts it, all these years, Dad, I've slaved away for you, and I've gotten nothing. Slaved away all these years. I've been the perfect kid, Dad. Dad, all these years, I've slavishly done everything you asked. Again, he thinks that he's done everything and yet gotten nothing. 
And now that he's upset with his dad and the fact that dad is showing kindness and grace to his punk brother. And hear this, the truth is, all these years, the older brother didn't see his dad as a dad. Instead, the older brother saw his dad as a slave driver. I mean, even though physically he's been close to his dad, like he didn't run away like a stupid brother. Didn't run away like a stupid punk brother. Even though physically he's been right there, relationally, he's been miles away. Even though he didn't run away like a punk brother, relationally, he's been a far off distant land. Himself, he's been miles away and his heart is hard and his relationship with his dad is cold. Now, once again, when it comes to God, I just got to say, maybe this is us. Maybe this is you and how you feel. I mean, maybe for you growing up, church and God was just about going through the motions. I mean, being a Christian was just about doing all the right things and not doing all the wrong things. Like there was no heart, there was zero relationship. There was just like, I got to go to church and I got to get confirmed and we got to make it through catechism for some unknown reason. Like we just got to do all these things. I got to do this. I got to do that. I'm not really sure why we're doing any of it. And, and if we were good at doing all the good things and we had our life all together, then we were probably proud about it. And we judged others who weren't good at doing all the good things. And if we weren't good at doing all the good things, well, then maybe we felt ashamed. And maybe we weren't cut out for this whole God thing. At some point, we just stopped trying because it was like being a Christian is just exhausting. It's just exhausting. I'm trying to juggle 18 balls in there and trying to be this perfect person. It's exhausting. And trying to be perfect, well, just kind of quick side note, I'm broken, so that's impossible. Trying to be perfect, it just, it just doesn't work because I'm jacked up once more when it comes to God. I just got to say, maybe this is you. Maybe this is us. And so this is the two brothers in our story, right? This is the two sons. And this week, as I just sat with a story, literally for hours, I sat with a story. This felt like I, I kept hearing just two words. Two words just kept coming to the surface within me. The two words were really simple. It's just, there's more. There's, there's, there's more. I mean, in our story, neither of the two brothers, like neither of them realized and saw just how good their dad really is. Like there's so much more to their dad that they didn't, they didn't even notice. Like neither of them saw just how much they were truly loved by their dad. I mean, neither of them saw just how kind and generous and graceful and faithful he really is. And hear this, that's exactly why Jesus is sharing the story. Why? Because we so often do the same exact thing with God. We do the same exact thing. Again, Jesus is sharing the story with these notorious sinners and these religious people, and with all of them and also with us, Jesus is trying to explain what the true heart of God is like. He's, he's trying to explain that there's so much more there yet to see. And that is picture Jesus and him just trying to explain, hey, guys, like you don't even know. Like, like you don't even realize it, but hear this, when it comes to God, there's more. Like he's so much better than you can imagine. Like he's so much better than the God you maybe grew up hearing about in church and it was just a bunch of rules. Like he's so much better. Like you don't even realize that he is so much better and there's so much more that you are yet to see. With this, it's kind of random, but even after seeing the ocean a whole bunch of times now, I still never cease to be in complete awe when I stand before it, you know? There's just something about the ocean and even after seeing it a bunch of times, it's just like, wow. 
You know, on simple-minded me, I just find myself standing there and saying stuff like, that's just a lot of water. That's just a lot of water. Like, it would take a lot of buckets to fill that bad boy. Like, I'm glad it's not empty. Like, we, that's a lot of water. And as far as the eyes can see, holy cow, like, that's just a lot. It doesn't seem to have an end. And yet, truth be told, in that moment, I don't have a clue of what I'm standing before. And there I am like talking, that's a lot of water. Yet I can't even begin to grasp what I'm standing before and on an infinite level. This is us before God, like there's just more. So we've heard about the two sons in our story, right? We've heard about these two brothers, but let me tell you about the dad. Because when it comes down to it, this story in Luke 15 is actually not a story about the two brothers. It's actually, in Luke 15, it's not a story about the two sons. You've maybe heard it called the prodigal son. It's actually, that's, that's like a bad label for the story because the story is not about the two sons. Instead, this story is all about the man in the story. It's a story about the dad. It's a story that's actually all about him. And just listen to what we're told about the dad. I mean, after the younger son takes his dad's money and basically wishes that his dad was dead, the younger son, he leaves home only to hit rock bottom. Like, he is completely broken. And when this punk son decides to come back home, what happens? Well, we're told the dad sees him. And instead of being filled with anger, and instead of waiting to say, I told you so, the dad is filled with what? Love and compassion. Just wait, there's more. We're told that the dad runs to his kid. He comes and he meets his son right where he is and he embraces him and he kisses him. And the son basically just starts saying, dad, I'm so sorry, dad. Like, I'm so sorry. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. And yet what does the dad do? Again, there's more. The dad tells the servant to get the best robe they have and put it on his son. And yet there's more. To get a ring and put it on his son's hand. And yet there's more. There's more. Put uh, sandals. Put sandals on his feet. And yet there's more to get the, the, the fatted calf, to get the best lamb, to prepare the absolute best meal possible. And he proclaims, we must celebrate. Why? Because the son of mine was dead and he has come back to life. We must now celebrate. Why? Because my son was lost and he is now found. And with the older brother, once more, watch the dad. Again, the older brother's outside and he's angry at his dad. He's not angry at his brother anymore. Instead, now he's angry at his dad for taking his brother in. He's angry at his dad for showing grace. I mean, he's been the perfect kid and it's crystal clear that his dad's an idiot. He's been the perfect kid. He's done everything right. And now it's never been clear that his dad is losing his mind because he's getting played by his little brother. And yet, what does the dad do? Something I've never noticed. The dad, he comes and he meets the older brother too. Both sons. Dad comes out and meets him. Just like the little brother, the dad meets the older brother right where he is. And yet, hear this once more, there's, there's, there's more, there's more. The dad begs him to come in. He pleads with him to come and be a part of the party. Why? Because he loves him too. And he just wants to be with him as well. And yet there's more. I mean, listen to the dad. Verse 31. This is what the dad says. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. Let's picture this dad coming out. Dear son, 
all these years you've been with me? All these years, everything I have, Scores, everything I have, it belongs to you. Just wow, right? Now today at all of our campuses, I'm not sure where you are right now, but I just want to say that even today, our God, he comes to us and he meets us right where we are. More specifically, even today, our God, he comes to you and he meets you right where you are. And hear this, there's more. I mean, like the younger son, again, today, maybe that's you and you're here and you're just searching for a better life. All along, you've just been searching for a better life and you're restless and you're jaded and you're empty and you're broken and you've tried everything to fill you, everything to fix you. It's like you've tried status, you've tried education, work, sex, money, porn, booze, awards, shopping, relationships, and affair. You tried that, so maybe it was the wrong person, so you've tried it again. You've tried everything. If that's you, let me just say there's more. And hear this, God is the only thing, he is the only one that will ever satisfy you. And get this, he's more than enough. Or like the older brother, again, maybe today that's you. If so, I just got to ask, are you tired of trying to be perfect? Are you tired? Are you trying to live up to the hype, which is your life? Are you tired of trying to never, ever make a mistake? Are you tired of just going through all the motions, trying to be someone that you're not? Are you tired? Well, the truth is God's not looking for us to be perfect. Instead, he just wants us to love him. He's not looking for us to be perfect. That's actually the reason he came. He just wants us to be with him. Or today, are you unsure if God still loves you? Better question, are you here today and you've wondered if God's ever loved you? Ever loved you? Like, I just, I don't know if he, like, he loves me. Get this, there's more. His love endures forever. Like standing before the ocean, we can't comprehend it, how much he loves us. We can't grasp how much he loves you, how much he leaves, loves, loves me. And are you unsure if God can forgive you? I mean, maybe you just screwed up too many times. Like you're just too broken. Like you look at yourself and you, again, you, you, you look like this, but you know your true self is this. And you're just like, I'm just jacked up. Like I just don't know if he can forgive me. Again, there's more. Hear this, God's grace, it has no end. It has no end. His grace, it's extravagant. And you see, the truth is today, really the only question that's left, it's not a question for God. Instead, it's a question for us. The only question that's left is, are we wanting more of him? Do you want more of God? Are you wanting more of him in your life? Do we want more? Because the moment that we do, the moment that we turn towards God, the moment that we begin to seek him, he meets us in this place. And I know for myself, the desire of my heart lately has been just, God, I knew that you were good, but you are so much better. I knew that you're, you're faithful. You're, there's just so much more to your faithfulness. Like I knew this to be true about you, but there's so much more. And Jesus, today, I just want to be, become more like you. I just want to have more and more of you in my life. I just want to spend even more time with you. And God, Father, I just want more. Again, are we wanting more of God? Are we wanting to join in this party? And with this today, I just want to mention one specific thing. I just want to extend an invitation to be baptized today. I mean, once again today, maybe it's you. Maybe today, at all of our
our camps, it's, it's just you and you know it's, it's you. If we're here today and we've never been baptized before, if we were baptized as an infant, we'd like to reaffirm it and as an adult, I can't encourage us enough today to take that step and, and, and do so. So weird how we draw lines in our lives, right? Like it's like too late to make a change, it's too late to do this, too late to do that. Well, three years ago, I was just feeling this desire to get to reaffirm my own baptism. I was baptized as an infant and I just wanted to make it my own. But it's like at some point you just hit those like, I'm like, I'm a pastor, so maybe I should have done this like 10 years ago, like when I'm still in school, like I can't do it now, like what? I just, why, I can't, 10 years ago would have been good, Weber. Like, why do I do this right now? And finally, God was just like, are you kidding me? Who are you? When did you arrive, Buster? You know, like, I took that step, and I'm so glad I did. Again, today, maybe it's you, even if you didn't plan on it. Baptism is just an outward sign of something taking place in the heart. It's an outward sign of just publicly declaring that we want to follow Jesus that we want more of God in our lives, that from this day forward, we're now his, not our own, that he's made us a new creation, that our sin is as far as the east is from the west. It's just a sign of those things. And so again, even if you didn't plan on it, at all of our campuses, we have full changes of clothes if you showed up and you were just not ready. And so I just want to offer you that invitation and encourage you to take the step. All of our campuses, our cattle tanks have never been shinier. None of them have been used before kind of think it would be cool to have one be used, just go a little rustic, you know? But anyways, closing things up today, we're going to get the party started here in a second, but I, before we do, I just wanted to read off some of what the people shared that are getting baptized today at all of our campuses. Here's the reasons why they decided to get baptized today. One person said, I'm getting baptized because I want to start over. One lady said, I officially gave my life to Christ three years ago, and since then I've been praying for this day. In the past, I found it difficult to openly receive God's grace, something that is freely given even to a struggling sinner like me. In the last year, God has been working in and through me and has changed my life in radical ways, and I am more than ready to publicly declare my love for the one true king. One mom said this, I've wanted to reaffirm my infant baptism for some time, and my daughter expressed interest in doing the same. As Adam said last week, I don't want to wait for an earthquake to wake up about my need for the Lord. I don't want to wait to realize I need him as a bigger part of my life. I look forward to taking the step with my daughter and developing a deeper relationship with Jesus. One guy from our downtown campus said, I'm getting baptized because it's time to listen to the voice of God. He's been tugging at my heart for quite some time to get baptized, and I want to stop making excuses. Listen to this one from our St. Croix campus. She said, ever since I started to attend Embrace, I felt like I belonged. Embrace quickly became my second family. And I was surrounded by people that genuinely cared and prayed for me. I renewed my relationship with the Lord and joined the worship team at the T campus and now at the St. Croix campus. Crazy, right? Getting baptized is a way to publicly profess my faith and be made new in Christ. One guy said, I've never been baptized, yet I've always felt the calling for it. This past year, my life has dramatically changed for the better. And I feel like it's finally time to declare publicly the direction I want my life to go. Listen to this. That direction is the only direction left for me to try. And the only one I know is true is towards Jesus. One girl said I was baptized as a baby and again after sixth grade. However, it doesn't resonate with me as greatly as it probably should have. Now that I'm going to college this fall, I want to reaffirm my love and need for God in my life before this next chapter and forever after that. Two more. One lady from downtown shared... Our friends invited us to embrace, 
And after that first visit, I have been hooked. I was raised in the church, but never ever felt God's presence or ever believed in God. In the last year, that's all changed. Embraces helped me understand that it's okay, and I can continue to grow in my relationship with God, and that's what I intend to do, grow. I thank God every day for believing in me, even when I didn't believe in him. Last one, one person from T shared, attending T, embracing T is where my eyes were truly opened. I'll never forget the first time I saw a baptism at Embrace. I was thinking, why in the world would an adult ever do such a thing? I didn't understand. Throughout the years, I've had an on, the honor of meeting with my pastor, studying God's word, and understanding more. Baptism isn't a marriage badge. It's not answering the right questions. It's not another box that needs to be checked. Instead, baptism is publicly presenting myself before God in the church, saying I will do whatever I can to love and spread the love of God. It means that although a sinner, I will do my best to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Pretty awesome, huh? At all of our campuses, can we put it up for everybody taking a step? If you're here today and you just randomly showed up and you're like, this is the craziest Sunday ever. If you wonder why we're, we're throwing a party, we're, we're celebrating life's being changed, but even more than that, we're celebrating our great and wonderful Heavenly Father. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we, we come before you grateful for who you are. We look at these words of Jesus and we come to understand a little bit more about your heart and there's more. God, I'm grateful that you're a God who when we're lost comes and finds us. You're a God who the moment we turn towards you, not the moment we get our act figured out, the moment we turn towards you, you meet us there. You meet us in our questions and our doubts and our brokenness and our fear. God, today I pray for all of us across our campuses, for anybody just, just feeling a tug to take a step. God, maybe that's following you for the first time and just saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. Maybe that's recommitting our lives to the Lord. It's like I, I was excited about God 10 years ago. I was on fire for the Lord. I can't, and I just walked away from all of it. Jesus, today I want to follow you. I want to follow you again. So maybe it's that, but maybe it's taking a step to be baptized. And you just know, it's like, I just know this is me. I just know God's speaking to me. I just pray that, Lord, you just give us the courage to step forward, to take that step, to reaffirm our baptism or to be baptized for the first time. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus.